to the Monday edition of the Bill Michael Show. Packers get a win. Brewers take uh, three out of four. And I don't think you could stink anymore if you had to, if you're the Wisconsin Badgers. Welcome in. Not a great weekend for the Badgers, but uh, Packers offensively, we got some stuff to talk about. They get a win 14-12, to 12, but after the fumble by Aaron Jones on the one-yard line, this team never recovered. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense pitched a shutout after that, and it was all shotgun all the time. The pressure wasn't overwhelming. Uh, I started to get into this a little bit yesterday. It was just uh, what I thought was not great play calling. It was semi-predictable. It was, as many of you put it yesterday, were we watching the old, late version of the Mike McCarthy offense? Was, what the hell? It just They just went away from what got them there in the first couple of drives. Now, don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay does make adjustments. I get it. I understand that. Uh, but did they make an adjustment to the where the Packers just couldn't play anymore? Was that it? Uh, was there things being called at the line of scrimmage that weren't right? Offensively speaking, it was not a great performance after that first quarter. After, well, I should say after that. After the first few drives. Uh, defensively, the the Packers were magnificent. They They played their rear ends off. That defense was what we thought it was and played extremely well. And Devondre Campbell came up big in the biggest moment, tipping the uh, tipping the pass on the two-point conversion, and the Packers walk away with a victory. So solid effort defensively yesterday. Offensively left a lot to be desired. Aaron Rodgers, 27-35, 255 yards. Sacked one time, but was under pressure more than a few. Uh, and in addition to that, you had um, a uh, a pick early on in the ball game, and the quarterback rating of one hundred three point nine. Tom Brady, on the other hand, thirty one of forty two, two hundred and seventy one yards, sacked three times and pressured numerous times. One bent knee brace after a weird slide, and the uh, knee brace he was wearing dug into the turf. Had a touchdown. And a quarterback rating of 98.4. But both teams, defensively speaking, were pretty much able to shut down the run. The Packers didn't really commit to it. They ran the ball a total of 24 times. That was it for 68 yards. Aaron Rodgers had one carry for a negative one, so it brought it to a total of 67. Uh, Meanwhile, Leonard Fournette, 12 carries, 35 yards. That was it. His longest run of the day was six yards. The Packers said they wanted to shut down the run, and damned if they didn't. That's exactly what they did. So, anyway, uh, long story short, it was a win when many of us thought at the beginning of the season you chalked it up as a loss. It was a win, but they, uh, but we had chalked it up as a loss. I, I still thought the Packers would lose in a close game, and I said it wouldn't surprise me if they flip-flopped it. However, however, fresh back from the big house in Michigan, one Ben Kenny producing the program today. Ben, do you remember when last week I said – how many touches uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon would get? I don't remember the number. I figured it was a lot. Oh, I remember the number. No, I said 29 total. It'll be less, anywhere from 10, 7 to 10 less this week than last week against the Bears. They had exactly 29 touches. Exactly. By the way, wasn't I 2-1 in my uh, 
my against the spread predictions? You did. I went one and two. I'm bringing up the rear as as usual. You're now four and five on the season. So almost yeah. average. Almost back to uh, back to even. We'll see what this week brings to us. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it, they they got away from when this team. I have no idea. We saw it happen in the NFC Championship game when Aaron Jones fumbled the football against Tampa Bay. After that, the Packers were done. We saw it last year against San Francisco. Mercedes Lewis fumbles away the football on a big hit. Packers were done. This game, Packers, Aaron Jones fumbles away the football on the one-yard line. All of a sudden, it goes to this protective, preventative, candy-ass offense where they get scared. And I have no idea why. And it's, it's, uh, it's baffling to me. Why, if they turn the ball over... They suddenly can't operate. They just don't have the physical capability or the mental wherewithal any longer to operate at a normal procedure. I don't know why. It's like they get scared. It just it it boggles my mind that every time we see a fumble, as the team is driving with you know three straight drives where here you go, here you go, here you go, they're just handing them their ass, and next thing you know, nothing. Can't do anything. Can't do a damn thing. After that fumble, after that fumble, the Green Bay Packers went three and out punt, four plays, 17 yards punt, three and out punt, three plays interception, four plays punt, three plays punt, four plays punt, and then they finally got a drive of 37 yards together, still ended up punting it away because they didn't even cross midfield, and then the one kneeled out for the end of the game. That's the way they went. That was it. I have no idea why they go in that direction. They had more plays in the first three drives than they had pretty much the rest of the game. I I, I don't know if that's Matt LaFleur. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers. We'll never know. We'll never know. They're never going to come out and say, well, Matt called this all day, and Aaron got to the line of scrimmage and wants nothing but shotgun. And, and to do these little stutter step handoffs and these quick outs and I mean after that they virtually were in shotgun the rest of the day and I don't know if it's because Josh Myers is getting his ass handed to him or what but they were in shotgun the rest of the day and the stutter step run game was zilch which I think is garbage anyway it just it it, it, offensively they got conservative and they stunk it's a win you take it because we a lot of us thought they would lose this game anyway so I'm happy they got the win. They're two and one. They get to come back and face the the New England Patriots, as we had mentioned last night. Mac Jones down with a significant ankle injury. They're calling it the X-rays were negative, uh, but they're calling it a a high ankle sprain. We all know that basically means he's out for at least two to four weeks. So Mac Jones will not be throwing in this game. It's going to be the mighty Brian Hoyer, the mighty Brian Hoyer going against the Green Bay Packers. Now that's not official yet. But you would have, and Bill Belichick's not going to tell you anything. He's going to tell you Mac Jones is around. Uh, he uh, is in the building. Uh, he's prepping. And, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll I'll let you know. But uh, Mac Jones is our quarterback, and he's a quarterback because he plays football for the Patriots, and that makes him a quarterback. Uh, okay, Bill. Thank you very much. Bill Belichick's dog's probably going to the podium all week for the uh, veil of secrecy. So, in the meantime, Packers get a win. We're going to talk with Mac, Matt Mitchell of the Action Network coming up here in just a little bit. He's going to be joining us. Uh, we'll talk with him a little betting stuff from the weekend and also get the line on tonight's game. Also, also, 
Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette breaks it down at the top of the next hour. We'll get the film side of things. Zach Heilprin is going to join us today in the mid-portion of the show. We have got, I know today is a Packers Monday, but we've got to talk about that pathetic performance by the Wisconsin Badgers at the shoe. I mean, they didn't even have time from one end of the bench to the next to say, let's go, and they were down 21 to nothing. I mean, it was a terrible performance. Terrible. And had Ohio State not kind of taken their foot off the gas, they would have beaten them by 65. That was an embarrassing performance. That was an embarrassing performance. So, uh, I was uh, I was thinking that the Badgers would keep it close, but that was an embarrassing performance. Terrible. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. The Mike Clements, the final hour of the program, going to be all over it today. So, on a uh, Green and Gold Monday, a Packers Monday, a Victory Monday, talking a lot about this contest. Uh, this was from Joshua, who says, what is wrong with Matt LaFleur and why can't he call plays after the first quarter? I don't think it's after the first quarter. I think it's after a turnover. I, I, Joshua, I agree with you. I don't know what happened. I Numerous times I had stated I don't understand why it's all shotgun all the time and you, you, you don't get uh, your running back with a head of steam at all. You don't get a chance to really even show a different look to a defense. They pretty much know what you're doing. And regardless, they're coming. Whereas when you when you talk about being a down lineman, down defensive lineman, th- you're already in the backfield. So they're just coming. They're crashing and coming. They don't have to take a stutter step. They don't have to stop at the line of scrimmage. They don't have to worry about a pass. They don't have to about, be, worry about a guy getting behind them because in the split second it takes to get the ball back to Aaron jo- or to Aaron Rodgers to hand it off to either Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, they're already coming. And the pressure's in your face. I, I, I just... I don't I don't get it. And I, I didn't hear anybody ask the question. Now maybe I missed it last night and I was listening for it, but nobody said, Hey Matt, why are you in the shotgun all the time? The second half of that game, really since the fumble, you were in shotgun the entire time. And it was really a conservative play calling effort. Why? It seemed like Randall Cobb got loose. It seemed like at times Alan Lazard got loose. Romeo Dobbs yesterday, solid performance yesterday. He got loose a, a few times. What you did early on with motion and movement and and dictating where the pass was going to go and the run was going to go, and even if you weren't getting giant yards, three, four, five yards, but your, your, your first and second downs after that, after the fumble, were crap. You're in third and long situations pretty consistently. You didn't have a lot of third and twos and third and ones. You were third and four, third and seven, third and five, third and eight. You 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 were dictating to them, or they were dictating to you, I guess, what you were going to do on third down. And again, you're in shotgun. You're you're always in shotgun. So uh I became frustrated with it. I don't understand it, but Maybe Matt LaFleur at some point or another will explain why that is, what the philosophy is behind that. Maybe we can find somebody else to tell us. I don't get it, but uh, I look, I understand there's certain times you go in a shotgun. No problem. But <laughs> uh, the entire game, that I don't get.
Uh, this was from uh, this was from Derek. Derek says, "Unit, uh, I thought the Packers played well, but not great yesterday. But a win is a win in Tampa Bay. We should just take it and be happy." Derek, take the win and be happy. But as I said yesterday, and I said this time and again, and there were people that said, "Well, are, are you? What's I think? I thought they won. Why? What are all the complaining about?" I said, "You know what? I did the same thing last year. I talked about special teams. I said there's problems there. What? It's a win. Doesn't matter." It doesn't matter. If there's a blemish on this team, you point it out. That's what you do. Just because it's a win doesn't mean everything's right. They can go 16-0 and and still look bad. The year they went 15-1, and and they played Kansas City. Romeo Cornell was the uh, was the uh, the head coach, but Romeo Cornell, obviously more of a defensive coordinator, had that defensive mentality. And when they got beat in that 15-1 and season, Gary Ellerson and I were talking, and I said, they just gave the blueprint how to beat the Packers. Because up until that point, teams were kind of afraid of all the wideouts they had, of all the weapons. So what Romeo Cornell did, he said, you know what? Screw this. We're going to punch him in the mouth. So they played press man at the line of scrimmage. And I mean, they harassed him. They got physical with him. And damn it, that's not what the Giants did at the end of the season. There are things, there are tells that you can see that you can say, this will hurt them circle it because this will hurt them in the long run if they can't if they get to the postseason and the team's really astute at watching some of these games and saying aha here's an Achilles heel here's a problem and that's what San Francisco did last year Packers were rolling through the season 13 14 wins we're all good to go everybody's we're going to get the weather we're going to get snow we're going to get them at home San Francisco's coming into town this is going to be great defense played great offense not so much not so much. That was on Matt LaFleur for the uh, mixing and match- matching of the offensive line. But the one thing San Francisco and their defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator said at the end of the game was, we knew we couldn't go toe-to-toe with them, but we knew that we could beat them in special teams. And they took their shots, and all of their shots paid off. So when I say there's a problem here, and you want to go, well, it doesn't matter because they won, just circle it. I'm not saying the end of the world's coming. What I'm saying is circle it, because if that's how they get beat in the postseason later on, that means Matt LaFleur and his staff didn't do their job to to fix those problems. And every time this team seems to turn the ball over on a driving fumble, when they really got it going on, they tuck their tail and run. And that's a coward's team. That's not a team that's aggressive. That's not a team that's going downfield. That's not a team that wants to continually just put the heel of their boot on your throat and grind you into the ground. That's not what they do. They cower. They get conservative. That's what they've done. Three times now we've seen it happen in in games of significance. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Stick around. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. today as always certainly appreciate you being here Packers get a win 14 to 12 they knock off Tampa Bay two and one and you take it not saying you don't you take it you run with it. a game that a lot of people thought that they would end up losing uh so they get a win they lose that first one when many thought they would go into Minnesota and get a win and I thought this game 
Once Evans was down and you knew that Godwin was still down and Akeem Hicks was going to be down, their offensive line was banged up, I thought it it became much, much closer. And uh, I thought, you know, if Tampa Bay wins, they're going to win, uh, you know, by three, four. Packers win, they're going to win by three or four. And it was a close game. It, it, I thought it would be higher scoring, but it was a close game. It was a close game. So um, I thought the play calling wasn't good. But to the opposite side of the football, I thought the defense was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Defensively speaking, Devondre Campbell was all over the place. 14, 14 tackles. Had uh, one tackle for loss. Obviously, the one pass defended, which was the biggest play of the day, knocking down that two-point conversion. Rasul Douglas, a couple of issues, but had a couple of passes defended. Uh, also had eight tackles. Keyshawn, tackles. Keyshawn Nixon came in played well now Jair Alexander has a groin injury and it's like you roll your eyes and go oh crap here we go again you know because you just don't know what kind how, what the severity is and groin injuries like hamstrings you don't mess with you wait till they're healed and you just you just wonder how long he's going to be down you would hope that he's it's sooner than later and I I would kind of doubt that he's going to be back this week uh, to face New England. And I, to be quite honest with you, I don't know if they need him this week. Uh, the next, what is it, five or six games are against opponents that they should beat, that they have the capability to beat, and you don't face extreme quarterbacks. So it, it if Jair can sit for a couple of weeks, that might not be a bad thing. If you're going to get an injury like this, this might be the best time to get it. That way for the remainder of the season you come back and you come back strong. And really that's kind of it. It wasn't a an injury plagued day by any stretch of the imagination. But uh but nevertheless, um, you know, it wasn't uh oh, oh I, I will say this. A lot of people talking about Tom Brady and the clock going to zero yesterday. The one thing about it, the clock on the television is can be off from the clock in the uh, that the officials keep or the clock that's actually on the field. If the ball is being snapped as the numbers are turning, they don't blow the whistle. The clock on the screen is usually, for whatever reason, it's a little bit quicker. I don't know why. We've seen it time and again where we're like, oh, my God, the plays ran out, but it's not out on the field. So I understand a lot of consternation, but you got to pay attention to the field clock and not necessarily what's on the bottom of the screen. Uh, it used to be where they would show the actual clock. There would be a television camera affixed on the clock, and you could see the actual play clock on the field winding down. Instead, they use that digital version into your television, and people get crazy over it because the Packers have been a benefactor of that too, where we thought, Oh, the play ran out, but then Aaron Rodgers, because twice uh, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers ran it down to zero and then snapped the ball. And it's, you don't get the whistle because the play clock on the field actually is just that split second difference. And that's the reason why. But I thought the Packers actually yesterday did a decent job of getting in and out of the huddle. Uh, although I will say, uh, calling a couple of timeouts, wasting them in the first half of that ball game again. When, as time was winding down in the first half when they got the ball back, had they had some timeouts instead of wasting them, they might have been able to get into scoring position. But again, they wasted opportunities because they can't. Throughout the day and pretty much after that in the second half, 
they were pretty good about getting in and out of the huddle and snapping the ball with with you know um you know three four seconds on the clock before it actually ran out whereas we've seen in the past it just hasn't been hasn't been great um also speaking of Jair Alexander Tom Pelissero says that he's going to undergo further testing today on the groin injury suffered yesterday uh, but there's optimism it's not a long-term injury Matt LaFleur said Alexander was all smiles in the locker room after the game which it, we heard that during the post-game press conference and he said so I hope it's not going to be something uh, long-term concerning but you never know I mean these injuries you don't know when it happens you're loose you're moving around you know you're you're getting immediate treatment you won't know how bad it is until today any injury usually really becomes more significant on a Monday, the day after a game, because you've had time to let it rest, it stiffens up, and then how bad it is, you have to kind of you kind of wait and see. Wait and see. So, anyway, uh, but I digress. Didn't want to go that far, but I digress. Uh, Mark says uh, a couple of things. Matt LaFleur, as a head coach, never going to win the big game because he gets too conservative in play calling and he's scared. Uh, this one, he also says that uh, Paul Christ has to go. This is a guy that doesn't show any fire. Well, in public, you don't see a lot of fire from Paul Christ. I don't know what it's like behind closed doors. I couldn't tell you. I, I you know, you, you hear guys that really, really like him. But I'll say this. The one thing that he's judged upon is wins and losses. Wins and losses and bad losses. And Washington State and Ohio State, both not only losses, but bad losses. Bad losses. I, that, that's what you're judged on. I don't, I don't care if a guy's fiery or not fiery or, you know, great an oppressor or bad an oppressor. I don't care. What you're judged on is wins and losses. And the, I told you after the Washington State loss uh, that I already had some friends that were pretty close athletically to the department that said, yeah, you know what, that there's starting to be some eyebrows raised that maybe Chris has this year and next to kind of prove that he can, he can get it done. Uh, and then after the Washington state game, the word to me was maybe this season might accelerate that. And I said, Oh, okay. I, I figured, you know, Paul Chris being kind of hand chosen by Barry and such and, McIntosh being hand chosen by Barry that gives gives Paul a long leash but the one thing you can't do is allow recruiting and the program and wins and losses and such to fall behind and if I'm a Wisconsin Badger fan and I, I've said this time and again I I appreciate the fact that they've been a very consistent program they've been in bowl games all of that but at some point you have got to press the button and go forward I mean, you can regress for a year or two because you have, you know, a down period of recruiting or you rely upon a lot of seniors and it takes a while to get that team back to back to that senior laden experience and and know how and such. Okay, I understand that, but you can't have close but no cigar, close but no cigar, sub mediocrity, sub mediocrity or, or mediocrity and the expectations of the program simply aren't being met. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the pulse is right now. Out in Badgerland, I just know that you've had two really bad losses. Now, it's all about how you correct yourself. It's about the character of your coaching staff. It's about the character of your team. It's how you respond. If you don't, then I agree. Then you got to move on. 
if you don't respond. If you do, then it shows the character of the players. That trickles down from the character of the coaches. That's what it's all about. But I and about what's upcoming, what's coming into the program. How much talent do you have coming into the program? Has recruiting been good? Has been recruiting been bad? Have they, in some way, shape, or form, you know, not really followed in step with all the other big programs that are putting together these NIL packages? Uh, is it reluctance in that sense? Because you can handcuff a head coach and say, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, we're not going to do this, and then say, but go win a bunch of games and get the best recruits in the country. If you do that, you just can't, it, it can't be done. It's like you're tying your hands behind your back, throwing yourself in a pool and saying, I'm going to swim as fast and as far as I always have. Well, you can't. Can't do it. So there's a lot of stuff there, but I I don't sit here today and start calling for jobs. I want to see what the remainder of the season, you let it play out, and if it continues to spiral, well, then, yeah, you make a change. If it doesn't, then you give a lot of credit to the coaching staff and the players for having the character to come back. You still have the ability to win the West and still have the ability to recover from this. But I will say this. It was an ugly ass whooping that you took on national TV, and it was embarrassing. That that was that. That was Saturday night, without a doubt. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Get a hold of Andy Kane, his wife, Jen. They have the Buy Like a Guy podcast over on Instagram as well. If you're uh, looking into jewelry dudes and you're not a jewelry guy, you can also find it in that particular perspective as well with the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Otherwise, Kane and Kane and West Bend, it is worth a trip. It is a tremendous destination for your jewelry. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Program. This portion of our program, proud supporter is uh, New Mail Medical. You got ED, and uh, you know it. I'm, you would know it. They have a 98% success rate. 98%. To give them a call, 414-455-4451. From anywhere in our listening audience. Again, 414-455-4451. How about, uh, you know, no energy. You're moody. You're up and down. You're like just dragging. Well, maybe give them a call. Could be low T if you're over the age of 30. It only takes you a little bit of time to uh, to get checked. Again, 414-455-4451. Or this time of year, you start thinking to yourself, man, I put on some weight in the summertime. Uh, I should have been taking it off, but I put it on. And here comes, you got Halloween, you got Thanksgiving, you got all the holidays, you got Christmas, New Year's. And you're only going to be the cakes and cookies and pies and all that kind of stuff, especially if you're heading back into the office. Call them, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. Go ahead, give them a shout. Tell them we sent you. Uh, this one's from Chris. Chris says, uh, all these shotgun formations, why do they call it so much? Is Aaron Rodgers getting that beat up that he needs to get that extra few steps? I would love to know. I would love to know. Because after the fumble, they were 20 of 28 snaps uh, uh, in shotgun up till the fumble on the first three drives. 
20 of 28. After that, three for three on shotgun and plays, three for four shotgun and plays, three for three, three for three, four for four, three for four, six for eight, two for six. Uh, it, it They were under shotgun the uh, in, entire rest of the game for the most part. So I, I don't know why. Uh, now, again, they were under shotgun 20 of 28 snaps in the first three drives, and they had some success. But after that, it seemed like they went almost exclusively to shotgun. And it was that just because they were getting pressure. Aaron Rodgers was getting pressure up the gut where Josh Myers and company just weren't getting the job done consistently, or was there some other reason? And I would love to know. We'll talk with Eric Baranchek about that coming up in a little bit. It looked like Myers a few times got pressure, got of kind of pushed back, uh, but it was that the sole reason for going all shotgun all the time? Don't know. Um, Rick says the running game suffers when they're in shotgun. I completely agree. You don't get a, um, you don't get a steady, your, your running back doesn't get time to start running downhill when you're in shotgun. They have to wait for the actual snap to get back to you. And then you get that little stutter step and then you get going. But by then the rush is already upfield. They're already coming. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I get it if you are running like a delay. Kind of like, you know, you, the you know the screen. When they keep coming and keep coming and keep coming, and all of a sudden you snap a couple of guys out, you run a screen play, that, keep, that keeps the defense back on their toes or back on their heels a little bit rather than just coming full bore after you. Same thing with running on a shotgun all the time. If you're going to run shotgun all the time, they're just coming after you. Because they know it, it all everything is in the backfield. Everything's back there. So I I don't know. I, I would love to get an explanation of that. 877-867-1670. Those are the phone numbers. A lot of emails today, a lot of tweets, all that kind of good stuff. Um what else do we have here for you? This is from uh Joshua says, completely agree about the offense stagnation after the fumble. Also the prevent defense on the last drive by the Bucks. Drove me nuts. Not one pressure on Brady, and the secondary did not cover any of the shallow crossing routes. Uh, they just let him drive right down the field 10, 15 yards at a time. Barry should be getting roasted. No, 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 Joshua. Um, I, I understand where you're going with this. Barry should not be getting roasted. That that defense played there after. They gave up 12 points. 12 points. All you're trying to do, and I get it, it's a four. They didn't play full prevent. Okay. They didn't do that. What they tried to do was just what you're told to do. And this is, this is where Kevin King got roasted is you keep everything in front of you in the last two minutes of either, either half, you keep it all in front of you. You don't take chances. You don't take risks. You keep everybody in front of you. Don't let them get behind you. You don't want to give up the big play. That's what you have to be cognizant of. You are now playing against the opponent and the clock. You're not playing just the opponent man up. You're not taking the same chances. Now, dialing up the pressure, that I agree. I get that. Not putting a lot of pressure on Tom Brady when he's not a big runner to begin with. We know that. We saw him run, and Tom Brady could be, you know, out, outrun by a lot of people, you know, linemen and such. 
He's not a, a, a scatter up the field guy consistently. So that I agree with, but I'm not roasting Joe Barry today at all. If anything, I'm praising him and his defense because they did a hell of a job. And you can say, well, it didn't work. They scored. I agree with that. But the, the intent is not to let them score. The pressure side of things I get, but I'm not roasting Joe Barry in this defense for giving up 12 points. I'm roasting Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers in the offense for only scoring 14 and getting conservative after the fumble. It seems like they went into a shell of themselves. It, it, you want to blame Joe Barry for everything, and I, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. That defense played their asses off. And don't forget, they also had some opportunities to make some tackles and didn't. Some arm tackles came into play there, too. But when it comes to a drive, a, a game-ending drive that you're trying to, you know, kind of end things for the defense, you, you, you put everything in front of you. You don't let them get behind you. Uh, Garrett says, Packers, a tough, gritty win. Badgers was, were an embarrassment uh, at the shoe in primetime. That I agree. Uh, Thomas says, Bill, when Eric comes on, would you drill down to the offensive line with him, uh, specifically if Bach and Jenks are, are truly back and healthy? Who is your five best? Is Naj on the field with Jenks at center or at guard? Um, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, the Bakhtiar thing yesterday, he played 35 out of 62 snaps. And I saw the, on Twitter during the game yesterday, there were some people that were saying, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? If he can play, he can play. And I think to put him on a bit of a pitch count after being away for so long was pretty solid. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect it because that's usually not what coaches do. Coaches are the mantra of, if you can play, you're going to play. That type of thing. And so when Mike and I talked on Friday and I said, hey, do you think Bakhtiari plays? He's probably, he says, yeah, probably not. You know, he's, he's not fully practicing even yet. You know, probably not. And you kind of think, well, if he's not going to play the entire game, chances are they won't play him. But the way they did it was out of the norm. And I, that, for that, I give Matt LaFleur a lot of credit for the way they played David Bakhtiari. And I thought that, you know, in watching Bakhtiari specifically yesterday, and the way he played, I thought he did pretty well. Specifically early on, uh, that outside run that Aaron Jones ripped off to pick up a first down, the hole that Bakhtiari gave him to run in on the inside of the tackle over his right shoulder, I I thought was magnificent. So I, I, I thought he played pretty well, but he got his feet wet, and now we'll see what happens the remainder of the season. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. We'll get to the phone calls when we come back. We've got Matt Mitchell coming up, going to talk a little gambling as well. Hang in there. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show, and it's brought to you by our friends over there at Wabam. Go to GetWabam, W-A-B-A-M, GetWabam.com. Cleaning products, ceramics, shines, lubricants, all that kind of good stuff, glass cleaners, you name it. They've got something, whether it's industrial, janitorial, or maybe it's for guys like you and me that want to polish up the motorcycle, polish up the boat, polish up the car, polish up the truck. Oh, such good stuff. Go to And they're local right here in the state of Wisconsin. Ryan DeStefano and the gang, they do a great job, and they got a great proprietary product. Go to get, G-E-T, getwabam.com, W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is The Bill Michael Show 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held on to beat the Buccaneers 14-12. Green Bay was up 14-3 before the Bucs' Vita Via forced an Aaron Jones fumble just before the half. Aaron Rodgers after the game. We had three really good drives before the turnover. Then they tightened up a little bit. They went to some more man coverage, and we had a lot of penalties and just missed a couple opportunities. The Packers matched the strength of the Buccaneers' highly rated defense despite the 90-degree heat in Tampa. Alan Lazard, who scored on a six-yard pass from Rodgers. Tough out win. Hopefully we won't play in weather conditions like this again (laughs) Um, for obvious reasons, but... Great, great team one. David Bakhtiari finally returned to action at left tackle and said after losing to the Buccaneers in Tampa 38-10 to two years ago, this win was important. I think for our season and this team, and then particularly you know for the guys that were here in 2020, and then even for me, my I got knocked out of this game. I remember this where I broke my rib. So to come back out here, finish the game, beat them, uh, there's a lot of positive takeaways. I'm just fortunate, blessed, happy. So the Packers improved to 2-1 and one and host the Patriots on Sunday. The Bucks suffering their first loss of the season and hope to get some of their starting receivers back in the coming weeks. Tom Brady. The guys went in there, they fought hard. We just, just too many, too many mistakes. Even if, you know, it looked to me we had a chance to make a lot of plays and we didn't, doesn't matter really. You know, the guys that were in there, some of the guys did a great job with their opportunities and we just got to keep doing it. So we're two and one. There's a lot of football left. Um, we'll keep working at it. Doesn't get easier next week going up against Chiefs, but... You know, no one feels sorry for us, nor should we. We just got to go back to work. That's Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. With the Packers, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. Don't forget 500K, the October best Saturday. Saturdays in October are about to be the best ever. Club members can rake in a big-time amount. Play up to 5000 bucks in cash, and there's 500K on the line. October best Saturdays at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring him in. Our guy uh, from Matt Mitchell from the Action Network. You can find him over there at old, old boy Uncle Mitch on Twitter. Uh, Mitch, how you doing? Or Matt, how you doing? I'm still high as a kite off that electrifying Sunday night football game between Denver and uh, the 49ers. Still, uh, I'd have rather pounded my head with a rubber mallet out in a parking <laughs> lot than watch that thing. Uh, that was a, that was oh man, an 11 to 10. Oh, who done it is what it was. That was an ugly game. Uh, and to see that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo falling out of the end zone, still throwing picks and garbage into the air, Jimmy Garoppolo resorted to Jimmy Garoppolo by the time it was all said and done. So uh, give me some of the bigger winners yesterday. Last uh, The previous Sunday here was fascinating. Underdogs went 10-4 and four against the spread, 8-6 and six straight up against favorites, and it was the first NFL week in five full years with no spreads of a touchdown or more parity in the NFL is very real. And we saw a lot of real clunkers to prove it, including the, the flagship Packers Bucks game ending 14, 12 in a game that featured at 1.7 consecutive punts. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was just a game of attrition, just who could just kind of outlast the other, I guess, more than anything, because nobody was doing anything offensively. Uh, you got the game coming up tonight in the NFL, the Monday night contest, where you're going to have the uh, the Cowboys and uh, obviously the Giants. And, you know, this one, the, the Cowboys are, are, are the Giants are uh, one point uh, favorites in this thing. And I, I, I like the Giants, but uh, you know, uh, or the Giants are getting a point. I should. I, are the Giants getting a point or giving a point in this one? At this point, I believe the Giants are one point favorites. It's very. Tight. That's what I thought. Um, give me your thoughts on this game, real quick, because Daniel Jones, who has had th- three touchdowns on the season, he's thrown for just under four hundred yards, hasn't had a bad year. In the meantime, you got the Cowboys without Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys have not looked impressive. Yeah, Cooper Rush and home Daniel Jones are, is not an attractive combination for a, yet another um, potential stinker of an NFL primetime game. I will note, and this is very much not sanctioned by the Action Network, um, putting on my tinfoil hat. If I'm Roger Goodell and my flagship games yesterday were a 14-12 to 12 clunker between Brady and Rodgers, followed by an 11-10 to 10 rock fight on Sunday Night Football, this total in Dallas and the Giants is 39 and a half, 40, very, very low. Every sign in the whole world is pointing to under. Our experts like the under. I find it very difficult to believe that, that Roger and all of his uh, puppeteering will allow a game to have a, uh, another stinker in a row in a spotlight like this. I would expect a lot of flags in tonight's game, anything to get uh, some points on the board. So I actually like the over in this one in an uh, unsanctioned pick on my part because I, I think it's uh, it's hard to imagine we're going to get another season. After last week's, uh, last Saturday's contest, which Michigan went toe-to-toe with Maryland, and I was a little bit surprised, but Michigan hung on, and uh, Maryland ends up covering. So this week, uh, Michigan only 10.5-point favorites at Iowa. Yuck. This Iowa offense is absolutely dreadful michigan has its sights set on winning the big 10 last year it was their defensive line play including uh, you know having one of the best defensive uh, uh, linemen combos in the nation those guys are gone they are nowhere near where they were last year in that department i, I don't think they have a prayer of beating ohio state this season but i could be proven wrong and in this game boy that iowa offense is absolutely unbelievably dreadful they make wisconsin look like uh, look like Ohio State. I'm um, sorry to you, Ben Kenny. So yeah, I look at the I look at the under there. But anybody betting um, Iowa to do anything with their own money is uh, is out of their mind right now. Wisconsin after that game uh, against Ohio State, which just they they got taken to the woodshed and just beaten up and embarrassed. Now they come back and they face Illinois. I think it started out at a nine point spread. Since then, uh, Wisconsin giving seven at home to Illinois. I almost think this might be a coin flip by the time it's all said and done. Give me your thoughts there. Yeah, seven's a lot. Early kick at Camp Randall. You know, you're getting a pre-noon start against a, a, you know, a Bielema-coached team that's going to want to ground and pound it with, with Chase Brown. But, you know, everything Illinois does, Wisconsin does a little bit better. Seven's kind of a lot, especially for a game with a total in the low 40s like this one. I would, you know, if I'm going to take it at all, I'd probably take Wisconsin in the first half so I could get it under a touchdown and just hope they come out fired up, especially on the defensive side. Um, but ultimately, Wisconsin's the superior side here. It's a real uh, put-up-or-shut-up game for the Badgers, no doubt about it. 
I what's interesting is Michigan State, Maryland. Michigan State started out giving four and a half. Since then, the board has basically flip flopped. Is that just because of the public betting, uh, because of the money coming in, or what? I think early sharp action hammered, um, you know, hammering against Michigan State. They look absolutely adrift, and their coach secured, you know, a hundred million dollar extension. It immediately looks like they bought a bill of, uh, or sold a bill of goods on that. Yeah. He, he, he himself has called himself a BS football coach right now. Says the proof's on the tape. I couldn't agree more. They got absolutely whacked by Minnesota. So yeah, I would say steer clear of Michigan State right now. They look devoid of talent. Yeah, uh, good stuff, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll chat again later in the week, okay? Good luck. Great stuff. There you go. Matt Mitchell, Action Network, joining us for a couple of minutes. we got Eric Baranchak breaking down some Packers film for us from yesterday. Stay tuned for that. Got a lot more. Three more hours yet to go on this uh, Packers Victory Monday, we'll say. Stay tuned. A whole lot more happening coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.